Have you ever wondered what librarians really do all day? Why does a person choose to become a librarian? Learn the answers to these questions and more on Library Life. My name is Lisa. I'm a youth librarian at the Westerville Public Library. We'll go behind the scenes and talk to librarians to see what they do to make all of that library magic happen. I'm your guide through the looking glass. So close your eyes, open your ears, and listen. Hi everyone, welcome back to Library Life. It's me, Lisa, your host, and I am here with Max today, and she is going to talk about a special library machine called Gertie. Max, why don't you introduce yourself and tell everyone what you do at the library? Hi, I'm Max, and I work in the circulation department. So basically, we do a lot of the um, circulation things with accounts. So we check stuff out, we check stuff in, we um, handle any account issues. So, you know, we update your accounts, we give you out your library cards, we run the media department, all that good stuff. Max and her fellow circulation department folks are the people that you see most of the time when you come in into like that front desk area where you can, you know, check out your books and talk to a real life person. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so let's dive into Gertie. So who or what is Gertie? Okay, so when you come into the library and you go to return your books at the return slot just inside the doors, you have these two electronic returns and they have conveyor belts and there's a TV above it with a camera and you can watch your items go down the conveyor belt as you return them. Well, that whole machine behind that wall is what we call Gertie. <laughs> when was she installed? And I want to say it was three or four years ago now. I'm not exactly sure. I think because time is not real. Um, but <laughs> I think I think it was about four years ago now. Okay. And how long did it take for her to get installed? And, you know, what was the process like to get all the materials shipped to use her? Okay. So before Gertie came, we used to have like a room right behind that wall. And to prepare for Gertie, they had to tear that whole room out. Oh. So it actually took, I want to say about two months to rip that room all out and get it ready and redo that whole inside of the room so that Gertie could fit. And during that time, we started chipping every single item in the library. And the chips are the, are the little white square stickers that you will generally see inside the back of the book. And that took us a total of six months to do every single item in the library. Wow. Yeah, it was. And that was everybody in the building helping. So adult services helped, youth helped. The pages did stuff, even admin would come down and help, but it was basically us having to go through every single shelf in the library and chip the items shelf by shelf on top of every time something was returned to us, we had to chip it before we put it back on the shelf. And that's how we got through everything. Wow. That is some process. <laughs> yeah. It, that's why it took six months. Yeah, and the little stickers in the back of the book have little chips in them, and Gertie reads those chips kind of like Bluetooth, but yep. um, they're, they're near-finding chips, correct? They're radio frequency identification tags, so RFID. Yeah, RFID. And yeah, so they have like a radio frequency set to them, and Gertie picks up that frequency and can tell what it is, because then we program a specific number to that chip. Mm -hmm. And then it knows that that number in the catalog is a specific item. And so she'll automatically check it in. That is so cool. Yeah. The like little 
reader pads when you go to check out yourself read the chip as well yes those are where the the white square when you go to the self checkouts there's like a white square with a with a green target on it when you go to check out you just lay them on that target pad and gertie will read well not gertie sorry the self checks will read those tags inside your items and you can usually actually check out more than one item at a time some people don't know that because it's just reading the tag so you can do whole stacks <laughs> so funny side story first time i ever saw that technology was probably 13 or 14 years ago i was living in atlanta and i went to the library and they had just installed this and i went to go check out my books and i just i didn't know that it was a pad i just set my books down and all of a sudden they were on the screen and yeah I was like, what is happening? Why? What magic? Are there somebody behind this desk? Yeah, yeah library magic. I was like, wow, what? <laughs> My first introduction to this technology actually was at Barnes & Noble because they use it in their security tags. Mm -hmm. And so they're just, those RFID tags are in the things. And then you, we would have to turn them off before they, when they purchased the items so they wouldn't set off the alarms. Yeah. But because of that, they also have them in a lot of clothing products, like sewn into like purses and into like expensive coats and things like that. So they would sometimes set off the alarms because it was in somebody's clothes. And yeah. we have actually have that problem at the library sometimes as well. <laughs> yes. And the tags, I actually learned this from Barnes & Noble too. The tags, like the deactivator pads was what would you put on them so they don't beep when you go out like the security system. Right. It only lasts for a certain amount of time and then it turns back on. Really? So that's why, you, yeah, you have to do it more than, like, you know, people, you know, if you don't take those tags out of your items or your clothes, you can deactivate them and then, like, maybe a month later, a person will come back and if you don't actually remove it, <laughs> it just goes back off. That makes sense now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what was it like processing returns before Gertie? Oh my gosh. Okay. So before Gertie, like I said, we had a room back there. And that small room, there were the two slots in the wall still. And those slots you would put your items in and they would slide down and fall into these blue buckets. And then we had somebody in that room throughout the entire day who would answer phones and then they would switch out those buckets and check in everything that's in each bucket throughout their time in that room. And we had carts in those rooms that were each separated into each section. So we had like a, a cart just for adult services items, a cart for media items, a cart for teen items, a cart for youth items, a cart for new books, for like the adult new book nook. And we had to organize those carts by book type and then alphabetically. So like the youth carts were always a ton of stuff because we'd put all the new books all the youth new books and then we had to put all the the readers and then all the nonfiction readers and then the holiday books and then the nonfiction and then the next shelf was another row of them and the bottom shelf was another row of things and you know like on the new book cart we had everything like all the nonfiction new books were on the top and then there was the the regular fiction and then the large print and then the staff picks and you know so we had to have all that organized alphabetically and now currently we still have to have those mostly alphabetically but they don't have to be exactly alphabetically for most of them anymore what would happen is we'd have like a tag that we would tape onto each of these carts and the tag color would be green and we'd write the date on it usually sometimes depending we might have to write like the time like this was an am cart or a pm cart Okay. And those green carts, that's what we called them, was green carts. And when they would get full, we'd have to take them out of the room and put them out where the pages could see them. So the pages would be able to take them and shelve everything. 
and know that everything on that cart was checked in, hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) And then on top of that, we do the book drops every day. So we would go out into the, the bins outside and we'd get the pages would get all those books and they'd bring it inside. And what they had to do was the pages would then take, usually it took them about an hour to do this. They would have to go through those bins and one at a time separate the items into all adult items, all children's items, and all media items. And then they would put a tag on it that was red with the date and the time on it. And they would put it over near this room so that if we found ourselves in like a slow spot, or if there was anybody who wasn't working a desk at that time, they could go over and take a red cart and start checking it in. When they were done, they'd have to mark it with a green cart. But then while they were checking it in, they were having to organize it. So they were having to separate out all the new books from the adult carts because they just put all adult books on one cart. And they'd have to remove, you know, teen books from the kids' carts and put those on their own separate cart. And then in the media stuff, the... uh pages when they were done separating out everything from the book drop and putting all these red cards which usually there were probably like three and they would have to take all the media items and then they would sit down and they would open every single item so they'd have to open every single case and make sure that the disc was inside and that the disc inside matched what was on the front of the case and then close it and put it back on the cart and then they put a red tag on it so that it could get checked in Yeah, it was a very long process. It generally took for like a book drop, like say we had our nine o'clock book drop. By the time they would finish putting everything on carts, checking everything in the media items, and then putting them on the wall for people to check in, and then those items getting checked in, it would take like two or three hours for everything to be done. And by that time, we would have a new book drop. So sometimes we would have like seven, eight red carts sitting there for people to check in because either it was too busy and nobody could sit there and check stuff in or the book drops were really huge or we just, you know, we had carts left over from the day before. So it took us forever to get through stuff like we were all day constantly checking things in. And what about now, now that Gertie's installed and she does her thing? Now that Gertie is installed and she does her thing, we don't have to separate out anything. So they just bring the the big bin in from outside and we slide it up next to Gertie's little feeder for us on the inside of the room. And we put the items through. It takes maybe 30 to 45 minutes to finish everything. So we have so much more time to do other things now to, you know, work on other projects and get other stuff done. Because while we have three people working Gertie, whereas opposed before, like you'd have like one person checking out a cart or checking in a cart per cart. And that was one person, also one person sitting in that room answering phones and checking in anything that was being returned that minute. You now have three people working Gertie. But they get everything organized on the carts, everything, all the reserve, the special reserves that are going on to another patron checked in and ready to go. They don't have to check inside of every single media item anymore. We only have to check inside anything that's a multi-disc item because Gertie knows if something is missing, if it's a single item. So like if it's just like a regular CD or a regular DVD with only one disc inside it, if you put try and put it through... Gertie will be able to tell if there's something missing or if the wrong thing is inside it and she'll make like a noise and send it back to us. So it's easier to catch problems. Whereas before, like you were relying on a human being who 
maybe going too fast right. and didn't look at it closely enough and didn't realize that the thing inside didn't match. Usually we would catch if something was missing, but sometimes, you know, if it was a multi-disc set and they're just looking really fast, they might not notice if there was a disc missing, you know. So Gertie's a lot more, what's the word? Precise. Precise, yeah. A lot better at catching those things. And so it only takes us 45 minutes to get through all that stuff now. That's so cool. Yeah. And Gertie has like um, a conveyor belt once the items get put on and there's like big bins on the side and she, her technology magic to sort the things into yes. bins. It's, it's quite fun to watch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We get a lot of people like adults, children, seniors who come in and haven't noticed that camera that the camera is focused on those belt before when they're returning things and they stand there and they'll watch it and they just think it's so cool. It is cool. <laughs> you know, and we'll we'll let people come back sometimes, especially children. We'll open up the back door and let them come into the back room and watch Gertie sort things sometimes because it's 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 a cool learning experience to watch this machine work. Absolutely. She does. She sorts everything for us. So we, we just have to worry about like this bin is for adult fiction only. So we know everything in, in this bin is going to be adult fiction and it's going to go in a certain order on a certain shelf on a cart before it goes. And so instead of us having to put everything on a cart and then sort it, we can just automatically sort it into the cart because Gertie's already done half the work for us. You're like touching the materials a lot yeah. less. Yeah. Well, is there anything else you want to share about Gertie? Let's see. Well, one of the reasons why we call her Gertie is because when we used to have a, a, a gentleman who worked in customer service, who he also worked in youth, uh, his name was Michael, and he wanted to name the machine as soon as we got it. He was like, we need to name the machine. This is like, this is the greatest thing ever. And so he wanted to give, give her like some sort of like Victorian old time name like Gertrude. <laughs> and so she became Gertrude and then we would call her Gertie and our manager at the time Steve found a, a youth picture book that was called Grumpy Gertie and so he made a copy of it and sometimes Gertie is grumpy because she you know needs some work and it doesn't always want to read things properly sometimes and can be very finicky especially in the beginning when we were trying to figure everything out she was we'd have so many issues with you know making her do what we wanted her to do sometimes so we joked about her being grumpy and <laughs> he he made a copy of the cover of this children's book that said grumpy gertie and pasted it on the um the machine that we use to turn gertie on and off <laughs> So she she has been Gertie since we basically since we got her. That is so funny. I actually didn't know that. As you can hear me say, like we refer to her like a person. You know, it's she <laughs> has her moods. She's you know today she's being moody. She doesn't like me very much today. Things like that. <laughs> uh, you know, and she's a she. So because machines, you know, usually in inanimate objects are she's like ships. So yeah. that's, that's why we decided. So that's how Gertie got her name. That's a great story. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you for sharing all of that. I, I didn't know most of that. When I started, the Gertie was already installed. Right. Okay, so we end every Library Life episode with a book recommendation. What book would you like to share? I really love the book Green Glass House by Kate Milford. She wrote this book. It's for, it's for children. It's The main character is 11 years old. And he is a boy who lives in this giant, beautiful house that has this beautiful green glass in the windows that is used as like kind of a, a winter ski getaway in 
in this small seaside town that was famous for its its pirates and smugglers. And this particular winter, they get snowed in with a bunch of very strange guests. And there seems to be some sort of crime that's happened. And he and the cook's daughter, Maddie, they go and try to solve this crime to figure out what's going on and why all these weird people are here. And it is so well written. It's it's amazing. I got my 50-year-old mother to read it, and she just burned right through it and, mm-hmm. you know, went on there are three other books after that one and I have not read them yet but she did she says they're great I read that one and I read the second one have you yeah I love Green Glass House that's a great a great book I think it's one of the best children's mysteries written probably in the last I agree I totally agree like and and I found it because I was reading um I, I think it was one of like the uh the book list magazines or something and it was on there and the cover that they had put, pictured, like, it just looked really fascinating and beautiful to me. Like, I love the cover. So uh, as soon as we got it, I checked it out and read it. And it was just, it's so well written. It's just amazing. It is really well written. Yeah. I can't double yeah. that recommendation <laughs> enough. <laughs> well, that was great. Thank you for that. I, I actually know. haven't thought about that book in a while, but it is definitely a fantastic story. And I have to get back on the bandwagon and read the other two. <laughs> I know. I need to read the, the three, so. Well, thank you for your recommendation, and thank you for talking to us today about Gertie, that uh, she's a very interesting character. <laughs> yes, she is. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us, and thank you all for listening to Library Life and Max. We'll be back with another episode in the future. Bye. Bye.